Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. We've got another banger for you this week, directly from the current labor zeitgeist. This week, we're talking to Maricela, a young woman fighting for sectoral bargaining power for food service workers at an organization called One Fair Wage. By now, we've all been inundated with images of fast food joints with signs whining about not being able to find workers. Well, One Fair Wage is organizing food service industry workers in restaurants who are subject to the sub-minimum wage. Sub-minimum wage being $2.13 an hour. Um, excuse me, what? So we are still on location in beautiful, sunny SoCal, what's left to do, and our esteemed guest today is a young lady who I had the pleasure of making her acquaintance in 2020, the year of the blur, um, because of an organization that she works with, but she is a fighter for service workers and humanity uh we have with us today marty say hi hi to people hi everyone so nice to be here with you how are you doing i'm good i'm doing well i'm excited to be out in the sun that's right you know it's very pleasant (laughs) nice little breeze (laughs) it is It's, it's actually a very it's like a gorgeous day um so marty uh she works with OFW, um, also known as One Fair Wage. And tell us briefly about that before we get into your One Fair Life story. Uh, But tell us about the work you guys do at One Fair Wage and why it's important. Yeah, so One Fair Wage is a national organization. We are committed to helping service workers nationally. I'm based in California and Los Angeles. Um, But nationally, we fight to eliminate the subminimum wage. So for those of you who don't know about that, which I didn't know some years back, some folks, the majority of folks in 43 states get paid as low as three, $2.13. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the money they have to make up on tips, whether, you know, if the client wants a tip that day or does not, uh, their wage is as low as $2.13. So it's really unpredictable for them to make ends meet. And so, yeah, we we fight for that. In California, thankfully, we have a one fair wage state. And so here we're fighting... Um, for One Fair Wage 2.0 to make it so that workers uh, continuously have power and uh, specifically in the food service industry. Tell us briefly, and we and we might get, we'll probably get into it longer later, but what is One Fair Wage 2.0? One Fair Wage 2.0 is, so okay, in California and, and in the states that we've already reached One Fair Wage, um, we still see that workers don't have the power that they need. And so our strategy here in California is to uh, get that power for workers and with workers. Um, and so we're creating a cooperative that has two branches. One of them is uh, 
food service training and then the other one the other branch is to get people equitable jobs and so yeah we're, we're trying to get workers to be worker owners of their businesses and, and as this economy rebuilds to get them at the helm of it and and get them actual money and power in decision making right on so i'm <clears throat> so sure that the story that gets us to how you came to um, take up the mantle of this work and uh, the work with this organization, I'm sure that is an interesting story of how it all coalesces and comes together. But we are going to start at the beginning. We're going to go back, way back into time. Tell me about your your early life. What was what was that like? You just before we started recording, and I was being a gross, disgusting, nasty, like scarfing down a burger in front of her. Uh, she already no. <laughs> she already told me it's briefly. All good. It's not <laughs> disgusting. It's beautiful. No, there was like mayonnaise in my eyelashes. She ate that I'm real well. Gross. Um, but <laughs> she, you were telling me that you're from Sun Valley, uh, which is. Tell us about where Sun Valley is in relation to L.A. Because some people might not be familiar with the geography. Yeah. So right now we're in Burbank. So Sun Valley is about 15 minutes north of Burbank. Um, Folks who might not know this area, there's like a Burbank airport. Uh, So 15 minutes more north of the Burbank airport. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I'm based there. um, I was born there. Uh, I was actually born in Mission Hills, which is a little bit more north. But mm. yeah, I've grown up in Sun Valley and I moved to the Bay Area when I went to UC Berkeley and I was there for 11 years. I actually Whoa. only moved back to Sun Valley again. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh-uh. I moved back. I had been thinking, I'm like, I want to move back because my family's all here. But mm-hmm. um, I had postponed for, for various reasons, mostly career reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, I have this amazing job. I want to stay over here. But then... With COVID, I was able to work from home sure. and from anywhere, and I was paying a thousand three hundred for for a space a that. Well, it wasn't a closet necessarily, but it was a cooperative, and I'm so into cooperatives. But my, but it wasn't the cleanest place. And sure. when COVID hit, people weren't as responsible as I would have liked, and so I decided to take this opportunity to sure, sure. to move back and be with family. And now I get food from my mom. That's right, and it's amazing, and I really am enjoying it. Right on. So tell me about, can you describe for me the composition of the community community you grew up in in Sun Valley? Yeah, I would say it's about 99% Latino, a lot of immigrant um, communities and um there's a lot there's housing but there's also like there's regular houses but there's also a lot of apartments and condos like the street that I live at in particular. I live in condos but around there we have like um like government housing mm. also. And so like in my street, I was like, how many people do you think live here? We, I think it's like more than 300 people live on my street alone, <laughs> you know? And so Very dense. super dense. Yeah. Uh, we live next to what used to be my middle school, but is now a high school. But yeah, it's just, um, yeah, the parking there is not, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, so what was it like growing up in Sun Valley? Like, uh, tell me about your community. Tell me about your family life. Like, what was it like? Um, hmm. I love Sun Valley. I have so much love for Sun Valley. I think, let's see, which part do I share? It's like mostly a Latino community. There were some parts where I feel like that were difficult in growing up there because I think that, hmm, maybe I don't even know how, how to share this in a way that is like, 
Okay, let's start with my family first. Okay, okay. let's start. <laughs> so my family has been very supportive and like amazing and just such a blessing to for my soul to be born into. Ah, you know, that's like, a very beautiful way of saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that all is great there. I think that the only thing that I... Um, that I'm thinking of and that's maybe a little bit more difficult for me to speak to is that um, I also experienced like some discrimination within my own community just because like, uh, and it's something that we're like, it's still a work in progress. Right. But there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of, I don't know if you call it colorism, but that's exactly what you call it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I'm like a dark skinned Latina. Right. And so you're considered dark. Yes, I'm uh, considered okay. dark. And so so a lot of, like, my growing up did come with some pangs of that, yeah. where, like, my own community was discriminatory sure. um, against my color. There's, mm-hmm. like, a lot of, like, jokes that were made. Yeah. But I think that overall, I think that that's just, like, the one negative thing that mm-hmm. I can remember from growing up. But Are you, who got, who'd you get your color from, your dad or your mom? From my dad. Mm, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Did he, did he, was he able to contextualize the the colorism and maybe he didn't have that maybe he didn't call it that color mm-hmm. but like was he able to kind of i don't know help you through that or was it just kind of like ah she's made these are just jokes uh. yeah no i think it was more left to me to defend myself and ah. i think i did a really good job mm-hmm. actually because mm-hmm. i was talking to my sister about it and um telling her i was like well this was like messed up and I would tell, remind her of things that had occurred and she's like i never ever saw you as a victim though cuz hmm. you were always like talking shit right back Mm. like if someone was gonna attack you you were like you had one up you know and so i think that that um but i think it's like a process still that i'm like going through Mm -hmm. um but yeah i love my community overall i think that i'm very blessed to both have my family and also the friends that i've made along the way and i think that yeah there's still there's still there is a lot of good um of course no community is perfect yeah did you so you have you you have a sibling or do you have multiple siblings two siblings okay okay Mm -hmm. and are they lighter than you or yeah i was the darkest of my family oh wow okay Mm -hmm. how what was that what was that intra-family dynamic like was did that show up like in your immediate family or was it just when you were uh when you were in relation when you were in uh involved with the broader community like when did that dynamic most um most uh clearly start to show its face that's not the way i wanted to say that but i my brain is all good still (laughs) on the 101 so do you understand what i'm asking though i do yeah yeah no i I appreciate that question i think a little bit of both you know i did see it hmm I think that it did show up a lot with like my brother in particular, his 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 way of teasing. But I think that it also just like was something that it was like the water that we swim in. You uh-huh. know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, it yeah. was it's yeah, I think a little bit of a little bit of both. Mm, OK, mm-hmm. did <clears throat> how do you did your personality develop in response to that? Do you think looking back like did you have to did you have to be like the fiery smart ass like because if you were not like you would have you would have just been put upon so much and just like you know the the you know everybody's ragdoll that's also not the way I want to say that but do you understand what I'm saying <laughs> yeah I think I needed to develop like a quick sense of hu- like a sense of humor quick wit, yeah. Uh, yeah and a quick whip and to like be able to like take things with like a grain of salt and mm-hmm. be able to like fire back when I needed to I think mm-hmm. that that did develop my personality in that way I also think that it developed like what what 
um, I don't know, I'm deeply empathetic. Mm. And so I think that that also was something that, that really developed my, my empathy in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like my values and, and what I'm fighting for right now, yeah. you know, like I really like something that's super intrinsic in, in me and, and what I care about is like the black and brown community. Mm. And so like, I will represent that regardless of where I am. Like if it's my community is making jokes that are inappropriate, that are like borderline racist, then I will stand up and like I'll say something about that, even if it's in a situation that makes other people in my family feel uncomfortable. Mm. Because like maybe, like you could just laugh at the joke, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, nah, <laughs> that wasn't right, a right. funny joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Interesting. Um, so what was it like growing up? As were you the oldest of three, or middle, or youngest? Yes. Ah, uh, youngest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was it like growing up, the the baby of three and the brownest of three? Oh, that's got to be an interesting combo. What, mm. what what was that like? Um, like hmm. the, were you treated like the baby? Were you like the runt? Like you know, like your your brother like giving you a noogie? Isn't that what they used to call it? Yo, like when they I used like, to I used to get noogies for <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yes, I used to yeah. get noogies. It was a whole thing. Um, mm. I think because. I mean, my siblings are, my sister's 10 years older than me, and my brother is five years older than me. Mm. So my mom had children every five years. Mm. I feel like um, my sister and I's relationship was much more, like, she's my sister, but she's also my mom. mom, You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so she used to, like, clean my diapers and wipe my butt. Yep. Um, And so I feel like her relationship with me is a little different. Whereas my brother, I think that we did have more of a competitive uh, relationship where Mm. I was trying to keep up with him. But also, like, if I did get noogied, oh, you best believe when you least are looking. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to get you back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Maybe not with a noogie, but something else. That's right. That's right. What what did your parents do for work uh, when as you were as you were coming up? Yeah, my mom, she actually recently retired. She's been working for a over 30 years in um assembly line electronics so she she ah. worked in like making little electric pieces for airplanes sure yeah. like at a at a factory or like at warehouse. a factory yeah oh, okay and she would be like yo i don't know i hope this airplane doesn't have any of my switches because uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah so air like airspace was it for like civilian airplanes or more like military aircraft or I think um I think that some of their clients were, were like the US military I got you. yeah okay. Okay. yeah uh-huh. so it wasn't like it was like an assembly line right so mm-hmm. she wasn't like the engineer of it it was more gotcha. of like they have like women um it's interesting. They have mostly women yeah. doing these like small pieces because it's yeah. like tiny little pieces that you have to assemble. And so mm-hmm. she did that. I think I'm not sure if I'm describing it well, but she, she did. She was assembly line, electric. I don't know what you would call sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Uh-huh. And then my dad did similar work. He did, um, you know, those like old controllers that had like this green um like a switch in the background that like like a control like it connects little electronic pieces to another little piece yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, green yeah. yeah and there's little lines it's like a graph mm-hmm. of, that you can read I don't know what it's reading because I don't know shit about this but I, I think I know what you mean like it's reading the electromagnetic something or other yes or thing yes yes perfect <laughs> yeah, you described right. it so well <laughs> this, is, this is not a technical well, well, well. <laughs> uh, whatever that is my dad did that <laughs> <laughs> he was a he was an engineer who made them or he tested the readings he or? painted them green 
green and then put painted. the he painted them green. Maybe it's, we're not talking about the same thing. I'm thinking about a little electronic thingy that the screen was green. I didn't it wasn't the painted. Screen. Okay. We might be talking about different things. Describe it. Where okay. where are they used? So they're used like in hmm. They were in the back of a Game Boy, a Game Boy Color back in the day, uh-huh. you know, like those, it's like an electronic thing in the back of the Game Boy, uh-huh. it's within, right? And it's like connecting little pieces to other little pieces, and it does have little words on it sometimes. Oh, it's like, like the motherboard? Kind of like a motherboard. I don't know what a motherboard is. <laughs> you sound right. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna go ahead and we're just going to call it a motherboard. It was a motherboard though, my dad did Okay, that. there we go. She yeah. said it really assertively, so that helps me believe it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he still does that. Um, he's retired, but he like works a couple hours to like still do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't like well-paying work. And uh, my parents divorced pretty early. Mm. Um and so, like, it was mostly my mom's income, which she wasn't making very much. She was, like, sure. making more than, like, less than, like, $30,000. And, like, mm. um, yeah. And so she did a lot for us. She's, like, a warrior woman. And of so course. I think a lot of my upbringing comes from the fact that my mom is such a badass. Like, mm. she's a chingona through and through. She, chingona. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to use that word, but sometimes I'm not sure if I use words correctly or not. But you just did. <laughs> Yeah, so I think a little bit of my upbringing came from, like, defense. A little bit of my upbringing came from my mom's uh, strength and Mm -hmm. how she always, like, I don't want to say this stereotypically, but she, like, held the pants in the family, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so she held the family together and Mm. and still does, and I'm so grateful for her. Mm. How would you, did she hold the, did she, quote, hold the pants (laughs) in the family together? (laughs) Because she did a lot with a little... Yeah. Or th- or by doing a lot with a little. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, she mm. did so much with a little. Mm. You know, her mm. income was like non-existent. You know, she sure, like sure. held both my my brother and me mostly because my sister by then mm-hmm. had you know Grown was up. over eighteen. Mm-hmm. She got pregnant super early too. Your mom or your sister? My sister. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, she got pregnant at eighteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I had a sibling very early on. I mean, a sibling. Almost a sibling. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like 10 of. years younger than me. Yeah, 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 yeah. a little nephew. Um, yeah, so she was doing her own life, and my mom was taking care of... She was doing a lot. Oh, your for, mom raised your nephew as No, well. she was taking care of me and my brother. Sorry. Oh, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. How would you... As a child, did you think that most people more or less lived like you? Grew up like you? Hmm. Or did you have some sense of, like, difference? Like, a like difference in terms of, like, uh, class standing? In terms of like, you know, the material conditions that you grew up in? I think that that is a great question. I think that for the most part, at least people who went to the same elementary and middle school, I felt that it was the same. Mm-hmm. Like most people, like they lived around the corner from me and sure. knew where they lived. Some were in better conditions, some were, you know, some people had a house and mm-hmm. then some people, you know, had a smaller apartment. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I was kind of like in the middle, I mm-hmm. felt. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to uh, high school, I did notice that there was a vast difference. Um, economically between like my colleagues there because I went to Magnet and so I was like transported mm, like an, yeah mm-hmm. like a, an hour away on the bus an hour well on the bus because you stop on the bus like oh, well, it's, oh, it's, it's really only oh. like 30 minutes but yes, yes, yes. like every morning was like an hour to get there an hour to come back but yeah mm. I did notice the economic levels there were different in particular there was one time where um I had gone to this, uh, she was, she was a friend, but she was more of a friend of a friend, you Mm. know, she, like I, for some reason didn't vibe with her super well, Mm. but like she invited all of us over to her mansion and we got to swim in her swimming pool and I was like, okay, well, this is very different, right? A little different than what we got back on my block. Uh Exactly. Uh And so, um, 
yeah, her she had so many rooms in her home that she couldn't even occupy all of the rooms. Wow. You know what I mean? And so anyway, um, there was one time where where her and her sister dropped me off, mm. and like uh, her sister saw where I lived and was like, "You live here?" Whoa, and I was lower like, "Your voice, <laughs> bitch, lower your voice." My mother's doing the best she can. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Not everyone can live in like a mansion. Yeah, right. No, right. Fuck mm-hmm. off, lady. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't even know what to say as like a what, like sixteen year old. I was like, yes. Right, uh, <laughs> thanks for the ride. Yeah, thanks. Bye. <laughs> we'll never speak again. Maybe don't get out of the car if wow. you're scared. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Did you yeah. was that was that formative for you in terms of like kind of like uh, navigating a social life in high school? Like well, like was it clear that like you live over there. There are some people who live over here and like, mm, maybe I won't discuss that too much because you guys don't understand or I don't want to feel judged. Like, was that? Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I don't, I think that for me, it was more of like an attitude that some folks that were rich had. It wasn't mm. not so much like, um, I didn't, I wasn't even embarrassed about it. I was like, whatever, drop me off. I'm yeah, cool. That's right. Yeah. But um, it was more about an attitude that some of them had. And like, I would, be internalizing certain things that they they would say like what like there was another student who was really rich who went to my high school who early on I I got to know her and she told me that the reason she was at that high school which is a public high school was because she had gone to private school her whole life and she could afford private school but Mm -hmm. um, ultimately when she went to college she wanted to be able to compete um, with grades and like with with her um, SAT scores and everything she wanted to compete against people who couldn't do as well as her Wow. She so said that. Yeah, that's what she said to me. Yeah. And so that's why she went to. She said that. I swear to my life. And, and she didn't. And she, she said just, that in freshman year. So she had to like very matter of factly. Yes, very matter of factly. And like, huh. I think she, she probably wouldn't have said that as a senior, but as like a freshman when I first met her, she mm. said that. And I was like, ew. Right. <laughs> it, like, who the, right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So it was more wow. of a vibe for me, not so much like I'm embarrassed about where I live. Sure. I for sure wouldn't have invited them. I would not have invited them to my house, but. Um, yeah, more wow. about the vibe. Okay, interesting. Uh, were you a were you a good student, or what was your school life like academically? Like, yeah, I was a great student. Mm-hmm. I all throughout school, like elementary, middle, high school. Mm, elementary, I was like teacher's pet girl. <laughs> Psh, heck yeah, like whatever. <laughs> I will bring you the apple. That, like, <laughs> that's right. Shine it for you. Shine your shoes too. Yeah. Right. What do you want? <laughs> I'll get it for you. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, teachers pet all of elementary school. Um, all of my teachers loved me, and I loved them. Sure. I was like, it was mutual, girl. Yeah, I was right. there. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, middle school, I was also a really good student. Mm. I felt. I think I was like a minus, though. You know, mm-hmm. I was like. And then high school, um, I was a really good student as well. But senior year, since I realized that the transcripts for college were mm-hmm. turned in by the third year, I started mm-hmm. slacking mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. senior year. Same. <laughs> you know, I was like, they're not going to see my transcripts right, at cares? this point. So. I'm going to get in or I'm not based on what I've done up to this point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at that point, I started slacking and oh, it was right more on. of a, yeah, like, let's just get well, a C and we're good. Let's just move the fuck on Yeah, and like get out of high school. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Uh, would you would how how do you think your your family and your community would would describe 
you growing up, like your personality? Like, mm. would they say like, oh, she has definitely changed. She was a, she was quiet as a church mouse when she was, mm-hmm. or like, or the, or were you like hell on wheels or were you the same? Like, how would they describe you growing up? Yeah, I think, hmm, I think that they definitely wouldn't have said that I was quiet. I was loud and I, <laughs> I think I'm similar in the sense that like, for example, when I was little, someone told me I couldn't do something mm-hmm. and then, um, I did it. Mm-hmm. And then my response was no que no, which is like, you said I couldn't do it. Right. And like, mm-hmm. here I am doing it. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that in some ways it's, it's similar. I'm like, I, if I really want something, I will get it done. Mm. Um, but I think that I try to be less loud. <laughs> 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 I do my best mm-hmm. to, yeah, but sometimes it comes out too. Mm-hmm. So I think like, I don't know. I think I'm still the same person. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Um, were you were you raised in a like a religious family or community? Yes. Yeah. yeah my Catolica or Catolica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad was also my mom. Very. Both of them are very religious. Mm. And my dad would take us to church every Sunday, and I would just be folding little origami pieces in the background made out of his dollar. Yo, I got so good at making like little rings out of dollars. <laughs> Sitting in the pew making jewelry, not yeah. paying attention to the homily. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was that. Did was you it. buy it? Did you were did were you like into being Catholic as a child, or is it just like this is what Dad fucking just? We're going through the motions because when is... it was like the, when if there was any point of it that was competitive, mm-hmm. I was down. Like what part of being Catholic is competitive? Yeah, so like when we did the first communion. Uh huh. Like memorizing all of the things that I had to oh, memorize. Oh, like NCCD. What is NCCD? CCD is you know like the like the cl- the classes you take leading up to your first communion. Oh yes, whatever. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they were called NCCD because I took them in Spanish, so I don't know. They were like commun- classes de comunión. Um, oh okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe the acronym didn't. Yeah. Translate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, those classes we had to like with with like my little classmates in church, we had to memorize a bunch of like. Ave Marias and, mm-hmm. and I don't know all of that. I don't even know them to this day. But <laughs> to be honest, like at that time, I remember I memorized things that I didn't even have to memorize, Just so that so I could you could show off, so I could show off because I was because she was competitive, not humble as a child. <laughs> that's that's. I fine. try my best now. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed in that way. <laughs> was your was your mom as religious as your dad, or not so not so much? No. So my dad was gonna be a priest. Oh, yeah, he was going to be a Franciscan priest. Okay. And he was like going through with it. Like he had, since he was like, I don't know, 16, he went off to to do this. And before he did his final like promise to God, he realized that he really liked women. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That'll do it. And he wasn't like able to sacrifice that part of him. And so, so then he, (laughs) yeah. That sounded gross. I didn't mean for it. No, that was no, supposed no, to be pure. Gross, but it's just that's just so. Obs- I mean, I'm not. Who am I to say? But it's just like, come on, that's unnatural. Like it you're not supposed so to unnatural. be romantic with anyone, man, whatever. Like, come on. Like you can mm-hmm. just anyway. Well, yeah. good for your dad. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean the Catholic Church totally did that on purpose, right? Because they didn't want what I saw on Discovery Channel. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Catholic Church didn't want priests to give their churches up to their children because that's what was mean, happening. Up, give their churches up because to their like children. it used to be like land, so it would be passed but over I to the their church. Owned it. 
So now the church owns it, but apparently back then it didn't. Oh. And so now, like, that's how they eliminated that process from occurring. Oh, so I now see. the church stays with all oh. of the, the Catholic church. But now that the, the Catholic church, like, change the rules. Mm-hmm, they Let these the rules. men bone. Uh-huh, for real. But, like adults. Yeah. But they they made it, they twisted it and, like, marketed it. Sure. By saying that it's you being very pure to God and the, your oh, only love is God. And so people on. really bought into that to this day. And so That's absurd. I met, <laughs> I met this one... I was in Nigeria once and the the guide driver whatever we were like we were chatting and he was telling me like because I was like oh you know do, do you have brothers and sisters and blah blah and he, he had a brother and a sister and his brother uh, was like a Catholic priest and I was like oh that's nice you know blah blah, blah. and he was like yeah he, he should be coming home uh he comes home a couple times a year. I was like, because he was stationed or in like Italy or some shit. I don't know. Um, and, and he comes home a couple times. So I get to see him. I was like, oh, what does he come? Does he come home for the holidays or da da? He's like, no, he comes home to see his kids. And I was like, I'm I'm what? so sorry. <laughs> what now? He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, he doesn't. He was like, those rules don't make sense. Of course, he doesn't follow those rules. He has like three kids by a couple different women. Oh wow. Like, oh well. <laughs> Wow. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I get it, though. So good on him for finding the, like, we don't have to talk about it loophole. Yeah. Just, you know, come back home to, quote, see your family and, you know, whatever. I wonder <laughs> if any of his colleagues know. I bet not. I bet they know. I mean, come, who, come on. Like, everybody doing mm-hmm. their own thing. I'm sure they, I'm sure some of them know. How do you, how do you hide, like, three kids? Well, I guess you could since he's, like, not in Europe in and like city. yeah not even on the same continent so maybe he does maybe he I don't, I don't fucking mm-hmm. know but anyway um, <laughs> yeah that shit's crazy <laughs> yeah, that's very ridiculous mm-hmm. so good for your dad for being true to his human nature yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah uh, yo you know what's so interesting hmm. I went to uh, where the heck was I I was in Puebla mm. and then I went to another little I forgot what is it I forgot what little city it was next to Puebla. Mm-hmm. But I was telling my dad about this little tiny, like, pink church on a hill that I had to, like, trek up, mm-hmm. you know? And then he was like, oh, I I would do Sunday service at that church. I was ah. like, what? He's like, yeah, I did it for, like, two years. I'm like, what? As, like, so a lay preacher? Or yeah, like, right bef- like before you do your final oh, promise. Oh, 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 like, oh, oh, you're Because he was doing that for lots of years, and uh. he was going to make his final promise and didn't do his final mm. promise. But, like, between those years, he was doing Sunday service. And gotcha. So interesting, though. I was yeah, like, yeah, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Mm, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad neat. preaching in the little pink church <laughs> trek up that's, day. that's so hard that was the hardest church ever oh my god i'm sure they gave it to him because they're like i don't want to trek up yeah that that's church. right you're the you're the youngest and most fit so we'll give you the mountain to climb yeah so that you're not out of breath by the time you have to give the sermon <laughs> that's funny yeah um were your growing up did you have a sense of your parents politics like were they political at all or you know ideological or any particular issues that they like super like were zoomed in and focused on yeah well i mean they're both religious right my dad being more religious my mom also religious Mm -hmm. um so like they've always been like anti-abortion because they're catholic because they're catholic and I mean, that's also the reason my dad won't do the COVID shot, as I was telling you earlier, because yeah, he thinks it's made out of embryos. <sighs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you know what, dad? That's cool. cool. No, but honestly, cool. I Googled it in front of him, and then I was like, this one's not. But okay, there are some vaccines yeah. that are made with embryos, but it's not like aborted embryos yeah, necessarily. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, um, <laughs> so anti-abortion, but it wasn't like shoved in my face or anything. It was mm-hmm. just like that is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I don't know. We've always been Democrats. Mm-hmm. And my mom thought Bill Clinton was cute. I don't know. They're not very political, to be honest. It was more of like, what is good for um, what what are most Latinos doing and what like what will help um, most people in our income bracket? Like, what mm-hmm. is it we actually stand for? And we usually always just stood against like Republicans who were more of like, mm. you know, the white rich. And mm. so we chose the so, Democratic side. So it was kind of, in my understanding, you saying like your your understanding of your parents or uh, looking back, your mm-hmm. understanding of your parents' politics growing up was kind of amorphous, just like, we're Democrats, we're, we are anti-abortion for, you know, uh, uh, relig- religious reasons, but we have some kind of loose understanding of like what is good for people who are working people like us. Mm-hmm. And we, in general, perceive, you know, Republicans to be rich and white and not caring about us. So that's why we are Democrats, because that is what most of our community is. And we think that that generally uh, is supportive of us as a community. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think that it was very like they never watched any of the debates or mm-hmm. they yeah. were like deeply political. No. It was just kind of like we are Democrats. We vote, I presume. They vote every time. Okay. They Primaries, have general, the all of thing. them. Okay. Anytime that they are able to vote, they vote 100%. Mm-hmm. My dad's sometimes he's in line and he calls me and he's like, <laughs> what am I voting for? <laughs> <laughs> what should I do? I'm here. I'm here. So I'm here. just have a little piece of paper and a That's pencil right. and right. I need you to tell me. That's right, please. And I'm like, a vote yes on abortions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes on abortions and raising rich people's taxes. Please. No, I would have told him. Out of respect to him, I would have definitely been like, okay, well, like yes maybe just don't abortions. vote on that one. Yeah, that's I right. won't even tell you what that one is. That's just correct. Maybe we'll just, just skip don't right over that, that one. That's fine, Dad. Uh, yeah. You're so silly. Um, did, you, did you, at what point in your upbringing or life did you would you say that you started to develop some sort of uh, politic or ideology or or um, view on how you understood or perceived politics? Hmm. I think I I was interested as a high schooler, and so I volunteered one time like in the establishment that is the democratic party yeah, um, california which is the fucking worst uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah i think it was a it was governor arnold schwarzenegger mm-hmm. versus some democrat who's i have no idea what his name was Gray? in no. the recall or after the recall. the recall it was like he was going against a democrat oh oh, oh running against yeah the democrat. I, gotcha. I just don't remember who it was but i volunteered I there and that's when i like um, was trying to be more politically aware of what was going on. But I also remember as like an elementary school student um, where they asked us like, are you Democrat or Republican? And we're going to put you in a line. And you're going to vote which side you're on. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, we're Democrats. And I convinced my whole class. I was yes. like, we are Democrats. <laughs> and there was only one girl, Rosemary. I still remember that mm-hmm. I could not convince. She's like, no, Republican. And I'm like, that's fine. Rosemary's the only Republican, but the rest of us, yeah. we are Democrats. That's and right. I got us all lined up. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, you bunch of little munchkins. <laughs> this is, there's, we're doing this one way. Mm-hmm. None of this, none of this choose your own adventure nonsense. Yeah, we're exactly. Democrats in this bitch. And that was the, that was, um, <laughs> That was Gore versus Bush, and the, the, like oh, that wow. during that moment, uh-huh. they were asking us at that like. What? Where? What grade were you in at that? Point? I was in fifth grade. 
You're so young. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Um, way to way to remind me that I was in high school. Um, that's fine. <clears throat> okay. Girl, you're young. Uh, you look uh, good, girl. I'm Look at that hair. You look so cute. <laughs> she's, she's cute. She's I mean, you're only doing voice right now, but y'all should follow her on IG. Really she's really flattering <laughs> because I look ridiculous today, but that's no, fine. What are some of the most uh, memorable kind of uh, political events that you think back on, like, living through as a child and and do you remember how you thought about them? Yeah, I think the most memorable for me was when Obama won. Huh, how where, where how old were you then? I was a freshman at UC Berkeley. Wait, wait, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, oh, we're okay. still we're still pre-college. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What, okay. what, do you have any particular political memories pre-college? Pre-college. Like 9-11, did like, what were you thinking 9/11? around 9-11? Or were you, you were still so young. interesting, hmm. yeah, I was, um, I was a sixth grader. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. understand what was happening? No, okay. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I remember we like had whole conversations in classes about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And like one, one kid was like, he stood up. He's like, well, I would sign up for the army right now mm-hmm. and defend my country. And I was like, I, I would not. I would. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. Can I get that on the record? I would not. <laughs> Why did you bring? Why were you? Why were you? <laughs> because I can see your little sixth grade face, curly ponytail. Uh, call on me, please. Um, I would not. I would definitely. I don't not know do about that. Tommy over that. I don't know what he's going through, but I would. Not. <laughs> why were you? Why were you not on the like rah rah? Like, let's go avenge America train, do you think? Yeah. Well, I th- I think it had to do with my sister being 10 years older than me. And she mm. was like, she, oh, like, maybe I didn't even mention that, right? But, like, my sister was very aware. She was in college at that time. Ah. And so she was, like, feeding me stuff, too. Oh, and so, okay. She helped influence yeah. how you understood. Like, she didn't, she didn't influence that response Mm -hmm. she she and i had a conversation after 9-11 she's like oh my god it's the first time like or in our lifetime that the u.s gets attacked on u.s soil Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i was like oh i didn't even think it was that big of a deal Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't understand Mm -hmm. that so many people had died Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't like understand it i was Mm -hmm. like okay this building fell Mm -hmm. but like is it cool you know i didn't understand (laughs) fully and then like when she told me how many people died i was like oh wow like that's bad yeah it's really bad yeah um but yeah, I wasn't into like joining any army or or anything like that because uh, she had told me that there are um, recruitment. Basically, like you can be a cadet. Yeah, you could have been a cadet at my middle school, mm-hmm. and like you would wear that uniform and you would walk around. Yeah. Like, um, like if you're a soldier and I was like, that's so strange. I always thought it was strange, but yeah, she told me that a lot of people like in the army or in the Navy, they recruit in low income, like people of color. Mm-hmm schools and they get you early in middle school so that you can become basically the frontline person in the army and so um they like kind of took advantage of the fact that we were poor in order to like Mm. recruit us and so that stuck with me and so i was like "Mm, i'm not doing that was your how would you describe your sister's politics your sister was 10 years older than you she's in college around this time like how would you describe her politic looking back now Mm -hmm. yeah it's very different than what it is now she was um she was a very, I'm not going to say liberal. It's like all, but she was radical. Huh, um, okay. Yeah, she was radical. She. Radical in what way? How do you mean that? Well, I mean that 
in, in that, like, looking back, she she was pro-abortion. She was, like, she personally didn't want to have an abortion, right? She was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to abort myself. But, like, if a woman wants to sure, abort, sure, you sure. go abort. Like, yeah. it's your life and your body. Mm-hmm. Um, she was radical, like, in, in my state of mind of, like, what I was accustomed to and, like, twisting my views of, ah. like, it's okay to, to question. question and, like, mm. be... Um, more proactive of like women's rights and more proactive of gay rights and more proactive mm. of Latinos. Like what, what is benefit beneficial for our community mm-hmm. as low income people of color. Um, yeah. And so she, she went to CISA, which is a local school mm. here and, and she did a Chicano studies major. And I think that really influenced mm. her. And she, um, would pass me books for her like she didn't want to read them Mm -hmm. and so she would make me read them and I would do her I would do her book reports and she was in college yeah and I was a fifth grader wow 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 wow. yeah and so some of it I was like I don't know what this means but I read like like water for chocolate which Mm. was a very like a a sexual book book, and I was like oh my god I'm a little horny toad fifth grader You're like, you didn't have to do this to me yeah. because now my brain is doing things that it didn't do before. Yes. Thanks so and much. And I have such a crush on Pedro right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was obsessed with Pedro and um, for a long time as a child. But yeah, she also like passed me, um, uh, what's it? The Revolt of the Cockroach People. Oh, I've not read that. Yeah, which was about uh, the Chicano movement mm. and uh, yeah, and she uh, several other books. But So she really opened my eyes in terms of like, like as a movement what what are we doing mm. as latinos and mm, so mm. yeah i would say she was i don't know how to describe her if mm. it's not radical then i don't know what she was but mm. and you said yeah. that's changed what is it now um she's still she still has those beliefs but uh she's a little more rather than i think that in some ways like she she would have been leaning towards being a socialist mm. before but now she's much less so so mm. she's 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 mellowed out, she's mellowed out. yeah just because like her um, she she has a child, right? And mm-hmm. like she, I mean, he's eighteen now. He's not a child. Actually, he turned twenty yesterday. Whoa! Yeah, he is boy. no longer a child. He's yeah. a grown man. But anyway, she still like helps him out financially and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, a lot of her uh, paycheck gets taken out because of taxes and yeah. like so. Yeah, so I think she's a little more fiscally conservative. Oh wow! Okay, mm-hmm. I mean that happens. Okay. Yeah. Did your brother ever get into that kind of like? post 9-11 jingoism like was he a target of the recruiters did he kind of gets caught up in that kind of like macho like oh we gotta defend the homeland thing nah my brother wasn't into that either huh okay yeah and he wasn't into that either none of us were he was just like but he he um most recently does think that the 9-11 like what happened was a conspiracy and it might have been like an inside job i literally just did an interview with another gentleman here and who you know activists you know you know whatever but he definitely he definitely talked about how 9-11 is an inside job so yeah sometimes he like pops it out and like do you think and i'm like yo like this is not relevant to the conversation but also and i'm like honestly bro like every time somebody mentions that and Mm -hmm. this is just like i'm trying to like because i love you i'm gonna tell you they sound crazy i was like they sound crazy and so i just think you shouldn't lead with that argument like just maybe talk about what we're talking about and then that's maybe a separate thing that you keep on the side he's like no but have you looked into i was like no No, i honestly have not not looked important into it what is interesting to me is how in my in my experience and my perception interactions though uh conspiracy theories particularly around 9-11 are uh how frequently they are cited by young-ish men mm-hmm. um as a as a way of kind of like trying to make sense of how they perceive the world or the world 
that I find interesting. I don't, I mean, I listen, I don't, I don't agree because I just don't fucking agree, mm-hmm. but, but I listen and it's, there's something, there's it's something there. going on there. Yeah. So he, he wasn't being enlisted though. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he never went into the service. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, thankfully right. not. I think that also like just on his day to day, I don't know. My brother looks like, um, he's Islamic. And oh, so, okay. so he would get stopped at like oh, airports a lot wow. and like checked like every time actually, wow, wow, even wow. when he travels even now. Even though his name is... Fidel. Okay. Fidel al-Nusra. So just on the strength of the way he looked, he would, mm-hmm. he would just start getting profiled. Yeah, he got even profiled a lot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did he how did he make sense of that? He or was, was he just annoyed? I mean, he was definitely annoyed cuz he's like and he would also like point it out before it would happen. He's uh, like, "Watch. Like, wow. I know. I'm like, I don't have like anything that's, you know, but just like, look, they're going to stop me." Is it because he, he wears his hair short or long? Or he I has mean, a beard? he's done all of it, you know? They uh. stopped him no matter what hairstyle he had. Oh, wow. But, like, most recently he does have a beard oh, okay. now, right? Mm-hmm. But he's been stopped when he doesn't have a beard. Wow, 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 and wow, so wow. he just, I think, yeah, he knows that he's being profiled, but wow. he's... For being Muslim, not Latino. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay. I mean, not, yeah. you're right. Obviously, it's not right, but that's even more, like, yeah. what? Like, disorienting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, were you all encouraged and or expected to go to school, like, college? No. Um, my sister went to a college that was nearby, right? But mm-hmm. she, like, had gotten into UC San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was like, oh, that's nice. You're not going. Why? Uh, because she didn't want her to go far away. And oh, so... She, she she felt San Diego was too far away. It was too far. She wanted her to live oh, at home. Oh, gotcha. And so then, like, probably less than a year later, my sister got pregnant. Hi, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't my mom's fault, yeah, you know? No, it was no, like, no. But, uh, yeah, so she didn't She didn't do that, and she went to a local she university. She didn't buck back? She didn't, like, mom, it's two hours away. You know what? I talked to her about that. I was like, why didn't you she, say didn't anything she, bad? Yeah. But that's because me and my sister are different, mm. and that my sister's very respectful. Oh. And I've never been respectful. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, am disrespectful. Respectful. <laughs> okay. So no, I'm respectful in a workplace, you know what I mean? But sure, like sure, also sure. if I'm gonna stand up for myself, I'm gonna stand up for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's right. My mom pulled the same line when I was when I got accepted into college. She's and like, you were like I was like, Mom, I was like crying because I got into my dream school. Oh, right? Berkeley, it was your dream school. That's where you wanted to go. That's where mm-hmm, I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um and so I was crying and I was like, I got accepted. She's like, That's cute. You're not gonna go. And I was like I'm 18 in a month. <laughs> That's right. What do you see you later? Did you? But then was she supportive after you still made it clear? Like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. No, she was. She tried to like be like, why don't you go to UCLA or no. like what? Because I, I don't like, want because to. This is my dream school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's- this is where I want to go. Yeah, that's just that's just it. <laughs> yeah. So, huh. but she was re- supportive. I mean, she drove me over there, drove all my stuff over there. Um, so supportive, but I think she just didn't want. She me wanted to... all of her all of her babies close by. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But um, my sister was actually the one who got college into my head. She's like, hmm. I always see you. Like she would say this to me when I was a kid. I always see you in a dorm. Like that's hmm. what I see for your future. And I think that that actually helped me because mm-hmm. then I started seeing myself in a dorm, and huh. I was like, What is a dorm? You know, like <laughs> what is this word? Sure, sure. So yeah, like, but. Um, other than that, my mom didn't have those, like, that vision. She just wanted us to have a good job mm-hmm. and, like, be stable and be healthy sure. and, like, 
mental health wasn't something that necessarily was in it, but like she did want us to be like yeah, mentally yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, um, and then my, yeah, I think that my brother didn't, I think, I think my sister, um, more encouraged me. Mm-hmm. And then my brother was more reckless in his high school year. So his GPA wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when he came to visit me in college, he realized what college could be. Uh, and then that's when he was like, dang, I should have really gotten it together. Mm-hmm. Um, what did he do after school? Um, he started working. Um, first, he worked in food service, actually, for a while mm-hmm. uh, at P.F. Chang's. He was like washing dishes. Mm-hmm. And then um, somebody who's a dishwasher with him was like, yo, you have papers. What are you doing with this job? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was somebody without papers yeah. who had said that to him. And mm-hmm. then he was like, am I doing like the wrong thing right now? Huh. And so then he like so then he uh, joined another company that was it's more of like a tech company. And since then, he's just been growing there. Okay. Um, so he's he's been there for I think think almost 10 years and so now he has a stable job but it's like really grueling he works all day he like leaves at nine and comes back at like 8 p.m yo you know how well i described my dad's job (laughs) yeah i'm gonna do a worse job here (laughs) he does uh tech stuff Uh, no it's actually hard for him to describe it to me too because he does so many different things and so i just know that sometimes he works in front of a computer and it's like for shows like um I don't know, like dancing with the stars and like, oh, yeah, he like production production, but there's like a lot of production that's involved with it. And he's only one level of it, which I don't know, like exactly. Cause mm-hmm. it, it like rotates gotcha. what his company gets hired for. It depends. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was, what was it like going off to Hippieville for college? What, like, did you get buck wild? <laughs> did you just become more Catholic? Oh, yes. Did you start playing Bongos Daily with some Trustafarians? Mm-hmm. I need you to paint me a picture <laughs> of college at Berkeley because. Okay. Wow. Well, Berkeley was a different place, right? Like, this was a place where. <gasps> no, not Berkeley. Where <laughs> these white kids were on brooms playing Quidditch. On, I don't like, have time. I don't have yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't have time for that either. <laughs> Though I wish I did. <laughs> I had to study hard <laughs> to catch up, you know? That's right. like, I came from LAUSD and we needed to try harder mm. to, like, you know, be able to pass sure. classes. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a different experience. I think that, I mean, I was already smoking weed in high school. Okay. And so, if yeah, I was smoking even more weed now that I was Lots. in a dorm That's with right. also my best friend. That's right. Um, and so... Yeah, we like would do our studying and then your best uh, friend from home or the best friend you made at college? Best friend I made in high school. Gotcha. So we both got into mm -hmm, Ah, and then we dormed together. And Mm -hmm. and so let's see, it was just a different experience to be on your own. Right. I didn't I I didn't even know how to wash because my mom washed my clothes for all of my life. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know how to do laundry. I didn't know how to do laundry. Mm -hmm. I know I was so spoiled. And Mm so I learned that real quick. (laughs) Um. And yeah, just being able to cook for myself after I left the dorms and like, yeah, just learning how to be an independent woman. Mm. Um, I think it was really good for me overall, mm. right? Because I'm very independent now. And um, I think I was always like, I think I was always independent, but I think this like went to a different level. And mm. even like coming back, because I'm now I'm staying at my mom's house again. And you know, <laughs> she's washing for me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so just like being able to like go on your own and um, function and and survive was mm. yeah it was transformational mm. it was great i didn't see it as like a hippy dippy 
I mean, it was a hippy dippy college, but there were more hippy dippy colleges too. Like, hmm. I mean, I guess like all of us smoked weed, but mm -hmm. other than that, like, there are some things at UC Berkeley that are pretty conservative. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like, their business school, one of their floors is titled after Bank of America. You know what mm. I mean? It's, it's like you. Yeah. It was a good experience, though, overall. What did you major in? What Political major? economy and Spanish literature. Nice. What did, did you, did you know what you wanted to do when you, um, when you came to college? No, when I went to college, I did not know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I realized what I wanted to do when I was studying abroad. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I went to Madrid for a year. Ah, nice. Yeah, it was that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, I basically set up my schedule so that I would go to school for two days mm -hmm. and then have five day nice. uh, weekends. Uh -huh. Yes, it was great. That sounds amazing. <laughs> what was Madrid like? Your experience? Madrid, oh my gosh, there's this song that goes, Johnny, la gente aquí está muy loca, or something mm, like that, mm. and that's exactly what it is. Like you would, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would go out at midnight mm -hmm. and then stay up until four in the morning, sure. and then, yeah, and then just do it again. And I went during the time where smoking indoors was still a Allowed. thing, uh -huh. and so like half of it was smoking indoors, half of it wasn't. They were worried that like once they passed the rule, that no one was really going to listen to it. It's going to be a very hard rule uh. to enforce. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so like I would go into places to eat and like my eyes would burn. Oh, I could, God. and then they would become accustomed to it because it was just like, okay, but then you couldn't move your eye because then you had to get the other side of your eye to be accustomed to it. So you had to like keep your eye in that level. And just like, <laughs> oh, I can't see her right now, but she looks insane. So if you want to turn to the side, you got to like move your whole head. Because your you, eyeballs were burning? You cannot move your eyeballs because you already accustomed that side of your eyeball wow. to the smoke inside. Anyway, so, but yeah, it's, Spain and Madrid was freaking tight. I met some amazing people that I'm like lifelong friends with. Mm -hmm. And um, I also like me and my best friend um, studied abroad too, but she went to Barcelona and I went to Madrid. Mm -hmm. And like um, that was really good for both of us too because we had like gone on our own to college, mm -hmm. but then now we like went on our own like completely. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that that was that was the time where like I realized what I wanted to do because I was eating a lot, mm -hmm. right? And drinking a lot. Um, That's correct. Yeah, and so I was at a lot of food establishments, and I'm like, man, food establishments are tight. This mm. is what I think I want to do. This I want to open up my own. Oh, you. So at that point, your understanding of what you wanted to do was, I want to own and or operate a food establishment because they're tight. Because unquote. yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I wish that it was it was more than that. I wish it was more <laughs> meaningful. <laughs> but no, it was like no, no, no. I just really enjoyed the fact that. In Spain, people would sit around a table for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like a table turn like it is here sure, in sure, America. Sure, sure. It was more of like, you, you are going to... Be with the be, people you're eating. Yeah, yeah, with your friends and family. And yeah. like, you are going to catch up for long periods of time. Mm. And so I really liked that, mm. that the, the humanity of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, of yeah. not needing to be at point B. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I not scheduled like, you for one hour. Like, yeah. I got to go now. That's yeah. Right. And so I, I liked that. And so I, I wanted to bring that type of culture here mm. and like the food establishment that was what I experienced there, but it's different here. But yeah, that's what led me to where I currently am. The old study abroad in Spain and change my life thing. <laughs> That'll do it every time. 
be sure to come back for part two and listen to how One Fair Wage is bringing the fight to the National Restaurant Association, where restaurant workers end up funding their own demise. Okay, see you tomorrow.